Hey there, my sassy witches. Welcome back to Witch One. I'm Amanda. First, I just want to apologize for my lack of content. Um, I really thought I would be able to upload on a weekly basis, but it's looking like a bi-weekly schedule is much more doable. I forget how busy I get in the summer. Um, but just a two-week summer update, we have finished putting in our 35 by 35 foot little garden in the backyard. And in there we're growing Anaheim peppers, Cubanelles, mammoth jalapenos, red and orange habanero, and ghost peppers and Carolina reapers. We're also growing different kind of tomato plants like early girls and ruckers. And we're doing this new Rapunzel tomato plant and they grow anywhere between eight to 10 feet tall. And they grow these really pretty small tomatoes in like rows of four and they come all the way down the plant. And it looks like Rapunzel's braid. The pictures of it were so cool that we just had to try it. And we're also growing cantaloupes. And I think that's it this year. Sometimes we do cucumbers. I know we wanted to try to do more root vegetables this year, but we didn't think the yield would be high enough to really make it worth our while. Like with one carrot seed, you get a carrot growing as opposed to one tomato seed, you get like 20 tomatoes on your plant. So we're trying to be as effective on yield as possible because we make things with our garden. We do a lot of canning and we make salsa and Melly makes his hot sauce. We make pepper jelly and we're gonna try to find a cool thing to do with the cantaloupes this year. But anyway, between that and work, I'm starting to get some clients back and handling these kids with homeschooling. Final week, yay. And uh, it's just been a little hectic. Plus I've been, suffering from this migraine these past couple of days that I just can't seem to shake. I have it today too, but I'm a day late on even my bi-weekly schedule of content, so I thought I'd try to push through and get this done. Um, on this podcast, I wanted to do, I wanted to tell you how I chose Wicca as my religion and my path and why I practice solitary instead of in a coven. And then I would like to share with you a short, easy self-dedication ritual that if you find yourself walking this path and you don't know where to start, that's a good way to do it. Dedicate yourself as a witch and then you can start really following the path. I mean, it's really that easy. You don't need someone to tell you what you are because you know, and no one knows you like you. Now, how did I choose Wicca or how did Wicca choose me? I started my pursuit of a new religion when I was around nine years old. I know that seems really young to be dissatisfied in your own religion, but I had a traumatic experience happen. My grandfather, or what I called him, Poppy, passed away. And he was, I mean, he was sick for a long time. 
He had his first heart attack when he was 32. I mean, he he really was not very healthy. Um, but when he died, it was it was like I lost my father because I was raised by my grandparents. I was with them since birth. So it was very hard for me and I, he was my world. He was everything. He was my hero. So I felt so lost and I wasn't getting comfort like my mama was through the Christian church. I grew up Christian, but there were always questions that I would have and they never really got answered. The questions got skirted around or, you know, I was told, you just have to have faith. When these questions pop up, you just have to believe. And it was never in me to just blindly believe in something. I needed facts. I needed figures. I need to be able to base my emotions on some kind of science or some way that makes sense to me. So I started reading. Now, I don't know who my dad is, so I don't know what their traditions are. I only know my mom's side. Um, So I don't know my full heritage, but I do know that my great-grandmom, my mom's mom, was Jewish. So I started there, and we hail from Lithuania. And I decided to read up on that, but that felt too much like Christianity, I still wasn't comfortable there. I felt itchy and and weird in the Christian setting. So I read up on Buddhism and Shintoism and Hinduism and um, I read up on the Muslim faith. I read up on a lot of different things and then I hit paganism. And I was like, wow, this could be cool. And with Pagan, you have all these different sects, and there was a lot of books on Wicca. So I read, and I read, and I devoured these books. When I was around 11, I had settled on Wicca, and I really liked what they were saying. They were speaking to my soul, to my spirit, that you can just walk outside and feel the magic around you. You feel the sun on your face and that is your Lord. And you feel and you see the beams of the moon and that's your goddess. And you can feel the bounty of the earth and you take energy from the earth and from the animals and from all these living things. This is tangible to me. This is real. And if everything is made up of energy, And everything vibrates at its own frequency. You vibrate at yours. The stone right here vibrates at its... Why can't we use those energies and those frequencies? Why can't we manipulate them to help our own spiritual growth? So this really resonated with me. I liked the control of it. I liked that it was tangible and I could feel it. So I read everything I could on Wicca. I found a group in my middle school, well, junior high, that felt the same way I did. And we met and we talked. 
And it wasn't until I was in high school, I was about 13, that I decided this would be my religion. So it wasn't a snap decision in the throes of grief. The grief just had me asking questions and pursuing knowledge elsewhere. But I didn't make the active decision to start practicing Wicca and witchcraft until I was 13. Now, witchcraft sounds like a very taboo thing, but I have to tell you, it's pretty much the same as praying. We use different elements to try to amp up our prayer so that it goes where it needs to go and it manifests how we want it to manifest. But when you pray to God, you have intent, right? You know what you want. And if you put everything into that prayer, chances are in your mind, your prayer will be heard. A spell is the same thing, except we have a couple more steps and we don't ask for it because we know we can make it happen. And I don't want to sound snotty about it, but I mean, that's just how we feel. We have a little bit more control. We just say, hey, this is what I want. And it manifests, but you have to be careful because we do have that law, harm none. So if your want is to drop a cinder block on someone's head, crushing their skull, that's not good. You're hurting someone. As long as you don't hurt anyone in the process, you're good to go. So I started practicing at 13. There was a group of us. I believe there were five of us that felt that this was our path. However, some of us were more into spirit guides and some of us were more into um, shamanism or whatever, but we came together and it worked. I was more eclectic. I pulled from everywhere and I disregarded the things I didn't like and I kept the things I did. Again, more control. I'm able to kind of jigsaw my religion together to fit my personal needs because everyone's needs are a little different. We got together all the time, but it's, it's hard when you have other people's schedules than other people's personalities. Sometimes they're not there for the right reasons. And when you have to start excluding people, it gets a little sticky. So instead of pursuing with our grove or our coven in high school, after high school, I decided to break away. And that was my own personal decision because I felt that we were all growing apart and it was starting to turn a little on the snarky side. So instead of me, because I was the high priestess of the grove, instead of me saying, you know, Hey, you, you're a bad seed. I'm kicking you out and singling out that person. I just said, you know what, guys? I'm going in my own direction, and I removed myself. And that seemed to be the best course of... The best course to be on. So I decided to go solitary. Now, the difference between 
a solitary witch and a coven witch is that when you're solitary, you are by yourself. And it gets a little lonely, like at, at holidays, it would be nice if we all could come together. But like I said, coven work, especially now that we're adults with our own lives and all, it's really hard to synchronize a schedule so that we can make these things happen. So what I want to do now is I want to try to explain to you what initiations are. So it's like a formalizing yourself on your path. Um, So I know that a lot of newcomers to Wicca are curious about initiations. Like, what is it? Do you have to be initiated to be a witch? Like, what if you can't find a coven? What if you can't find people who think like you do? How is it that you become a full-fledged Wiccan? Um, so, and of course, the answers to these questions are different depending on who you talk to. If someone is a firm believer of strict old school traditions, they're going to say, oh, you can only be initiated by an inner circle member of our coven, not even the outer circle can do it and it's so much work and you have to go through these levels and take these tests of endurance and stuff like that in order to get to the inner circle they're going to be like no you're not a witch dude but if you're talking to someone like me who doesn't like all that rigidness and I believe that whatever you believe will manifest So if you say you're a witch, then you're a witch. You don't even need to go through a fancy ritual or whatever to make that known. It's what you are. So we'll talk about coven initiations first. So it makes you think of like this secret ceremony where a person is admitted with their cloaks drawn and they were kidnapped and they don't know where the actual initiation place is and but really what it is is you are when you're being initiated into a coven is you are committing yourself to their the spiritual fellowship of the group so it's whatever the group's tradition is and whatever their rules are you are saying yes this is what i believe and i promise to follow you till the ends of the earth A lot of covens are secret because we are still persecuted by holy rollers and stuff like that. They won't share the details of their initiations, Um, but there there are several things that kind of, we all follow the same movement forward in initiations. Like you declare yourself, you rename yourself. You walk, you know, you walk the path. So first you would be initiated. Like the first step is you have to spend time with everyone, learn their basic information, learn their history, their tradition, um, any crucial undertakings that you have to do and that the coven does as a whole. You need to learn about those things. And you need to be wholly committed to participating in these researches and giving your energy 
on a consistent basis. You can't be as flighty as I am and be like, yeah, I'll be there. And then life gets in the way and you don't show up. I mean, they needed your energy. They were counting on your energy. That's a lot of pressure for me. Um, but if you do find that good fit and and you're like, yes, you, I want to begin the initiation process and the coven feels, okay, yeah, we'll do this thing. Um, then you have to start studying what this coven is about. You study their, their knowledge and their rules and, you know, you'll be immersing yourself in the beliefs of the coven. And there's no room for growth in this, in my opinion. I mean, all you coven worshipers out there, I envy you a little bit on your ability to be a team player. Um, This isn't something to be taken lightly. You are entering into a strong emotional and spiritual bond with everyone in this group. And you have to be compatible with them. And they have to be compatible with you. So if you're feeling stifled or... You know, like nothing is quite right. Um, then you're not helping the coven and the coven isn't helping you. You can't grow from that. And your energy will actually poison their collective. So don't join a coven just because you want to belong to a group of witches. Because you will regret that choice. You need to find someone or a group that makes you feel joyful and cared for and fulfilled. Because if you're not getting that, then like I said, you'll just wither up in there and then you poison the collective. So now we get to self-dedication, which is what I did for the solitary Wiccans. It is, it's more like, Instead of initiation, it is a solitary, which is more like formal entrance into the craft and it's self-dedication. It may resemble aspects of a coven initiation very, uh, to varying degrees, but because you're by yourself and you can design the ritual and perform it any way you like, it's fundamentally completely different than a coven initiation because you can literally take an idea from someone's coven initiation, right? If they are willing to share it and tweak it to your own personal needs. So therefore you will have a completely different experience than being initiated into a coven. It happens strictly on your terms and the commitment you're declaring is really to you. It's to your inner self and it's to the deities that you want to incorporate in your practice and you shout it out to the universe as you understand it it's not a commitment to another person or an entrance into a group you're not going into a collective okay in a group mind you are telling yourself and your deity it is a pact between you and your creator in the universe itself. So you can make it as personal as you want. And since it's strictly between you and the divine, you can call it whatever you want. If you want to call it an initiation, it's an initiation. A self-dedication, 
it that's what it is a self-initiation or even something else entirely like it's a rainbow unicorn ride to sprinkle fairyland that's what i'm doing today it's amazing i really i really do enjoy the solitary life there are parallels to covenant initiation and self-dedication You want to still study and get the feel of the craft, exploring every avenue and established tradition. You want to get a sense of what works with you and what doesn't. Um, I mean, the whole part of being Wiccan is to keep learning. Wicca means the wise one. And if someone tells you that they know everything about everything about Wicca and witchcraft and paganism, they are lying to you. You cannot learn everything in a lifetime, in two lifetimes, in three lifetimes. There is so much because of the solitary practices and the little tweaks and the little flavors of everything. So it's your job to keep up the pursuit of knowledge and to keep growing. Then you can structure your own little ritual. I'm going to give you an example today um, and I will let you know who it's from as soon as I figure it out. But some of my favorite people to read um and that will give you a really good view of Wicca, I would read anything from Raymond Buckland. He has the complete book of witchcraft. He also has a workbook that you can do while you read it. It's really amazing. And I love, and I mean love, Scott Cunningham. I have Wicca, a guide for the solitary practitioner, and it really resonated with me. They're classic books, and they have a lot of practical information. And they also have detailed rituals for self-dedication in there. But you can follow to the letter if you want, or you can take them and merge them and marry them into like a perfect thing just for you. You can tweak it if you don't want to be as general as the Lord and the Lady and the God and the Goddess. You can name them with any deity name you like that really resonates with you. Um... So you can assign yourself a certain amount of reading per week or not at all. But again, you want to, you want to keep learning. You want to know all about the triple moon goddess and the wheel of the year and our traditions. So, all right, I am going to share with you. A simple Wiccan dedication. And I got this off of a website. It says it's the goddesshasyourback.com. And the runner of the site, her name is Moonwater Silverclaw. And this ritual is written by her, Moonwater. And it's really super simple, very straightforward. She has in preparation, turn off your phone and make sure you won't be disturbed, obviously. We can't accomplish anything if our attention isn't there. Clean the area area to do the ritual. 
and I mean basic cleaning, dust, vacuum, sweep up the floor, give yourself a bath, take a ritual bath, find a comfortable place to sit quietly and meditate on what you're about to do because it's all about intent. You are about to dedicate yourself to the path of the gods, so be honest. Is this really what you want to do? Don't take the promises lightly. You will also need to pick a new name to go by. This is fun and can be anything you choose. I've chose Silverwind. My birthday is actually tomorrow. Um, I will be a whopping 33 years old. And because I'm a Gemini, my element is air. So I chose Silverwind. So the tools that you'll need is like cakes or bread, really any kind of carb. Look, we live in the modern world. I know it's hard to break away from your day and go bake a cake for something like a ritual that you're going to do by yourself. So any type of carb. So it's acceptable to use bread, cupcakes, cookies, a power bar. As long as it has carbohydrates, you're good because you're going to use energy in the ritual and it's to replenish that energy that's why sometimes when you're done working a spell you feel dizzy and sick you have to ground your energy and then replenish your body so you need a sensor and incense so in this case the incense burner holds cone incense however it's acceptable to burn any kind of incense remember that incense when burned represent air on your altar you need a taper candle to light the other candles. You can begin by using a lighter to ignite the wick of the working candle, and then you use that fire to ignite the rest of them. You need a lighter or matches, a bell or a chime for different purposes, a pentacle. I made one out of clay, but you can use whatever you have available to you. An athame is a knife that you use to direct power and cast circles. It's generally not sharp. That's a bowling. And that's what you use to cut your herbs and stuff. The athame is just used to direct energy. A bowl with water, because water is one of the five elements. A dish with salt. Salt represents the earth. A chalice with wine or you know, a wine glass with wine because the cup is a female symbol. And in the ritual, the cup holds the wine or juice to be blessed. It is acceptable to use juice instead of wine if you don't drink alcohol or if you have minors participating. You need an offering dish. These dishes are used to offer up as an offering, part of your blessed food from your cakes and wine ceremony. A goddess candle and a god candle. These candles represent the goddess and the god. And then you need a working candle, and it's positioned between the god and goddess candle to light the other candles during the ritual. And it also represents the element of fire on your altar, and it also provides a little extra light for when we're stumbling around in the dark trying to see things. Okay, so you set up your altar however you see fit. Remember, this is for you. Cast the circle. Now, I use the circle casting from Silver Ravenwolf's book, A Guide to the Solitary Practitioner, um, or the Complete Works of the Solitary Practitioner. I forget. Or, no, the Complete Book of Shadows. There it is. Um, 
Silver Ravenwolf gets a lot of flack for her pro-rebellion of teenagers, but I don't know. She, I read her a lot when I was in high school, and since I was that rebellious teenager, she resonated with me. She doesn't so much now that I'm adult, and I have a daughter of I have daughters of my own who are quite rebellious. So I wouldn't want them reading up on her right now. But, you know, whatever. So my casting goes, it's three laps around the circle. The first lap is, in this place, this circle round, I consecrate the sacred ground. With golden light, this place surround, all power here contained and bound. With earth, the things that manifest, air, the things of mine, fire, the things that motivate, water, the soul, revine. And yet no place or time there'll be between the worlds, our word and we. Welcome ancient ones and see, this place is sealed, so mote it be. I really like that one because it rhymes and I got a thing for rhymes. (laughs) So after you cast your circle, You say, O triumphant and great Lord, O beautiful and gracious lady. My intention to you, my Lord and lady, is to dedicate myself onto the sacred path which you have opened before me. I accept this path as my own, and I willingly, of my own accord, tread upon it. I know it will not be easy, but I promise I will be steadfast. And if I should fall, I shall rise again all in your honor. I will help those who tread upon the path with me, beside me, and behind me. And I will help them freely and willingly with love in my heart, for I know that they are a part of you, as I am a part of you. Raise your wine glass. As I kneel before you, naked in this truth, I, Silverwind, toast to you, O honorable Lord and gracious lady, To new beginnings, new friendships, a new growth. Magic in the starlight. Magic in the moonlight. Magic is now my right. Mood it be. Now, you don't have to be naked. You don't have to be skyclad. I don't know many witches that actually go skyclad. Do not have the neighbors call the cops on you for indecent exposure. Please, for the love of Jesus, wear a robe. So, next you would do the cake and wine ritual. You know, you say the chalice is, as the chalice is the woman, the athame is the male. You stick the athame into the chalice, and together they are one. You drink the wine, may you never thirst. You bless the cakes. You eat the cakes, may you never hunger. Then you close the circle. You close the circle by walking around the circle again and say, the circle is open, but unbroken. Merry meet, merry part, until we marry meet again. So, I hope this dedication, right, will help you on your journey. And again, that was by Moonwater Silverclaw, and her site is goddessgotyourback, or goddesshasyourback.com. Well, that's all I'll be sharing with you today. Blessed be, my beauties, and I'll see you in two weeks. Bye.